Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. The Beyond Sleep Training Podcast, a podcast dedicated to sharing real tales of how people have managed sleep in their family outside of sleep training culture because sleep looks different with a baby in the house. And because every family is different, there is no one-size-fits-all approach to take. I'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which this podcast is being recorded, the Kalkadoon people. I pay my respects to the elders of this nation and the many other nations our guests reside in from the past, present and emerging. We honour Australian Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people and the unique cultural and spiritual relationships to the land, water and seas, as well as their rich contributions to society, including the birthing and nurturing of children. Welcome back to the Beyond Sleep Training Podcast. I'm your host, Carly Grubb, and with me today is my neighbour, Therese Collings. Hi, Therese. Hi. So it's a little bit of a different episode for me today because normally my guests are somewhere remote and usually very far away from where I live, seeing as I live in the Australian outback. Um, But I'm very lucky to have Therese as a neighbour straight across the road from me and she's joining us today to talk a bit about sleep with her family. So welcome to the show, Therese. And would you like to tell our listeners who's who in your little family? In my zoo. In your zoo. (laughs) Your crew. Um, Yeah. So we've got three, well, nearly three little ones, three under three, Oof. or three and under. Oof. So, yeah, we've got Cora, who's three, then we've got Amariah, who's two next month, and then we've also got a teenager in the house at the moment, being a 14-year-old, so that's an interesting sleep mm-hmm. comparison. Yeah, so we'll have and to talk then- a bit about teen <laughs> sleep as well. And then obviously myself and my husband, Ross, so, yeah, quite a varying range of you've got the blended family going on Mm -hmm. lots of age ranges there so tell us how did you think you were going to approach sleep before you had your first baby didn't even think about it at all 
I just went, oh, you just put them down for sleep and they got. Uh-huh. That was that. No more thought. No more thought. Absolutely no more thought. Stay with your husband because he's he's got his two older boys. Did he have any? So he did FIFO with them when they were younger. Ah. So for the first year of the 14-year-old's life, he was working away for up to 13 weeks at a time. So he had no. (laughs) So really his first experience (laughs) as well. So we both went in with the. Oh, okay, like everyone just puts them down in their cot. Like that's what happens. Okay, no worries. And so my first encounter with the whole my kid's not sleeping was the second night in hospital. Second and night went, syndrome. Yeah. If anyone hasn't heard of it before, I had it's a thing. <laughs> I literally hadn't um at that time. And so I was like, this is bizarre. Like she's okay when she's on me, she's not okay when she's down in the little crib thing, like what is going on? Like, is it hurting her? Like, what's in the mattress? What's this? What's that? And I was like, can you please just sleep? Like, I just, I just, Why, where's the off button? Yeah. <laughs> so I really struggled with that um, a lot. And then as time went on, like, she started just sleeping in her cot. And then she started not liking it when it was too cold. And then we started going, okay, like, is it too cold? Is it too hot? Is it too this? And we went straight to external. Factors. factors yeah so something's wrong with like around her that she's not sleeping just didn't even go oh the kid just wants to be held yeah and so did she let you know that in any uh... oh yeah yeah <laughs> she eventually let us know that very clearly that you just have to hold me I need some more cuddles and then I kind of went oh this is what this is mm. and then like I would just spend my time sitting on the lounge with her and she would sleep and I'm going Okay, and you'd wait, you know, certain varying times and you'd start timing how long she was on you for and then go put her down and then she'd wake 20 minutes later and I'm like, I got the time wrong, like go back, start again, try again. And no, just there was one to be held. And so that was when she was a tiny babe or was this yeah. she was getting bigger? No, so that's when she was a tiny one um, and then come... Three, four months, she started sleeping quite all right. Like she was sleeping through most of the night um, because we started having to use formula when she was 10 weeks old. Um, I could no longer breastfeed. So she was always like she liked the bottle and then she'd have her dummy and come, yeah, three, four months, she was pretty in her little routine. Yeah. She would feed on me to sleep and then I'd put her down and she was fine. Beautiful. And I love that too. So like with bottle feeding for your babes as Mm -hmm. well, did you find holding them while you fed them was a great way to make sure they got their snuggles in? I was kind of like, how do you feed any other way? And people would be like, oh, just put them in the cot with the bottle. I'm like, I don't know how you do that. Yeah. And you miss out on the cuddle. But I was like, how do you know that how much she's had? And how do you know that she's actually drank it? And it's not Mm. all through the cot. And like, I was like, I can't do that. You can't just chuck her in the cot and go, there's your bottle, see you later. Yeah. So safety-wise, like, yeah. it just makes sense. Yeah. And also you get to hold your baby. Yeah. So bonus. I was like, plus, like, she's not feeding from me, so the next best things she's on me when she's feeding. Yeah, I think that's a great comparison like too. Like when you yeah. think about what a breastfed baby would have yeah. been doing, they would have yeah. been there. Yeah. So I was like, if I was doing what I thought I would be, yeah. she would be right there. Yeah. So we kind of did that. And then Ross would do the 
skin on skin stuff. Like he'd sit with his shirt off and feed her like the bottle to try and have that attachment. Yeah. So his attachment with the younger kids is very different to attachment with the older two. He's definitely had a lot of a challenge in developing that. So that's been interesting for him. It's been like a completely different experience for his side as well. And even like with sleep, like he'd come home from night shift and if she was struggling to sleep, he would um, lay down in bed with her next to him. Lovely. Like, and that was his bonding. Beautiful. So he was more than willing to be a part of yeah. that process as yeah. well. That's fabulous, especially mm-hmm. if, like when you had such a different experience with the first two kids and yeah. you missed a lot of those opportunities with them. Yeah. So did, did that come naturally to him, like that he wanted to be able to do that or did yeah. you prompt it along? No, that was him. He just went, no, I didn't get like anything like this with the like my two kids. Like I want, this is how I want it to be. He was very much a, like it's your body, it's your choice around how you birth and everything. He's like, I would like to bre- like breastfeed. Like I'd like our kids to breastfeed. That was his one thing where he kind of went, I know it's your body, it's your choice, but that's my input yeah. in that space. And I went, I'm fine with that. Unfortunately, she had other ideas. <laughs> And that was just a very messy time. And then, um, yeah, he would feed the bottle, but he always did it in a way that was more focused on the connection than just here's your bottle. Beautiful. Because it's so much more than food, isn't it? Regardless of what's going into bay, whether it's breastfeeding or Mm. formula feeding, that the whole experience of being fed is meant Mm. to be an experience. It's not meant to be just putting food into a body exactly and then of course because there's so little most feed to sleep so it's like that's their comfort yeah and safety and everything so i love that i love that it was like understood amongst the pair of you that that's what she needed and that's what was going on there so you could actually protect it i guess especially when you're hearing from other people that just put them in the car in the car yeah Oh, well, I'm pleased that you're both on the same page for that. And yeah. so you said that she was sleeping through pretty early on. Yeah. Um, did that change for her through times when she was developing or anything like oh, that? Oh, yeah, like if she was teething or anything like that, she'd wake a few times during the night. Um, Some nights, like there were a couple where Ross literally put her in the pram and was walking her around because she wasn't happy being held, wasn't happy being rocked, wasn't happy being you know, anywhere. And he was like, oh, like, I don't know what else to do. So we'd go and get the pram and he would literally walk laps around the house with her in the pram. And then she'd finally fall asleep and he'd be like, I don't want to take her out. <laughs> we had that too. We had this cul-de-sac that yeah. we live in. Oh, we thought a couple of our babies, but it was just nothing else for it. Yeah. We'd take them out, lappies, mm-hmm. lappies. And then you get that nerve wracking yeah. back across the threshold. Can yeah. I stop yet? Yeah. <laughs> And I was like, I don't like this. This is like way back at the beginning where I was timing and stuff. I was oh. like, I'm not doing this. Yeah. <laughs> and I can't do this. Well, yeah, and you do, you kind of stress yeah. out thinking that, oh, if I start this, yeah. they're going to want me to do it forever kind of well, feeling. Well, that's what everyone tells you. Like, don't get them used to that. And <sighs> I was like, oh. Yeah. Don't get them used to what? Like, yeah. they need that in that yeah. moment. It's like, yeah. it's just not forever, is yeah. it? No. Whereas now we're kind of like, whatever, go away. It works. Like, yeah. <laughs> we're <laughs> good. Care. And like sometimes it's frustrating because it's like, you know, when you've got two or three that need you, it's yeah. like, ah, like, hang on, just hang on a second. Yeah. I'll just do this. And then I'm there like, you know, yeah, logistics. I'm coming. I'm coming. Like, yeah. it's okay. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's a challenge, but 
at the same time, yeah, the frustration around people going, oh, don't do that or, like, you know, oh, you shouldn't do that. Oh, we used to just do this. And it's like, okay, thanks. Yeah, thanks for the tip. We're good. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. And <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And so during the day, what were her sleeps like generally? Where, where were they and how was she so managing like, that? So at the beginning, she would sleep for four hours at a time and then she would wake. And I used to think it was ridiculous Wow. Like not enough. I was like, because <laughs> oh no. everyone said that. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, everyone's listening going, holy hell, yeah. moly. <laughs> That's like the dream baby. Yeah. Yeah, I know that now. <laughs> um, but at the time, like, because I was never interested in being a mom. Mm. It wasn't my wasn't thing. thing. No. Nah. And when I met Ross, he had the two boys and we went, "That's that's enough. We're good. Like we don't need kids. And then along came Little Miss 3. And I went, my life is over, had a meltdown, took half the pregnancy to come to terms with, okay, we're actually having a baby. And so I was essentially in denial, so never read anything to do with baby because I was like, no, you weren't even ready to be doing it full stop. I'm not there. I'm not reading about it. I'm not reading all the books. I'm not doing all of that. Like I'm not doing it. And people would always ask me, what book are you reading? Like, have you read this one? And I'm like, I'm not reading any books. I'm not doing that. Which might have actually been your saviour in the end. (laughs) And so then when she came along and all these things popped up, I was like, what is that? (laughs) Like how? And I was like, oh, maybe I should have read a book. Yeah. Like maybe I should have done this. And then I was like, actually, no. Like, and then our biggest thing was just letting go. Like just, yeah, you're not going to be able to keep living how you were. You have to let that go. And this is now. It's like a process and of grieving your old life yeah. while you're beginning your new one, isn't it? Because yeah. it's, it is it's like, life changing. Resent you, but yeah, yeah. But yeah. It's like those feelings are so. Yeah. I don't know many people who can get through that yeah. first baby experience without feeling some resentment, some yeah. missing your old life, yeah. and some then all the guilt comes in. Yes. And people start going like, "Oh, but like, it's you know, the best days of your life." Yeah, and there's <laughs> people that are struggling. You should be grateful. Oh, like, oh, I am. Like, grateful yeah like I'm not not discrediting their journey but mine's very different so yeah well I think for anyone listening along if you've had those feelings too don't Mm -hmm. feel like you're alone um and there's Mm -hmm. a a process they talk about now matrescence yeah um and I've heard that they're also starting to realize there's also patrescence for the dads Mm -hmm. as well um and the partners and it's it is a real thing it's a massive shift in your body systems Mm -hmm. it's the equivalent of adolescence, but in yeah. in parenthood. Um, and so in that time, you're going to go through mm-hmm. massive upheavals, including yeah. feelings of missing your old life. Yeah. Um, but the good news is, is it's a process and you come out the other end of it. And there is an end. Yeah, there is an end, but it doesn't take you back to your old life. No. That no. person's now different. gone. Yeah, yeah, you've changed. Yeah. Um, but it will end up being a richer version mm. of you. Um, so that's a, the narratives around getting your yeah. old life back or no, that wasn't it's like a bizarre goal to set yourself <laughs> up for because it's it, failure well it literally doesn't like, exist yeah, anymore no, like it's pre, failure. yeah and like, that's not yeah pre-kid use not no, around anymore no. so but yeah no, no <laughs> at all that's good yeah that's that that your grief <laughs> so if you're still in the process of grieving sorry if we've just been a bit harsh on the reality of it all but you're not alone we definitely I definitely felt it heavily yeah. and Teresa's felt it yeah and I don't think there's many people out there who haven't uh-huh. had 
had yeah. that to an extent as well. Mm-hmm. And that's also in your partnership, isn't it? Yeah. So you kind of grieve that, that. Your whole relationship changes. Everything changes. And it has to. Yeah. If it, like, yeah. it has to. It's not. Because a- you no longer look at each other and just go, oh, like, we're so romantic. We're this, we're that. It's now a, I just changed the last 10 nappies. <laughs> You're on. Like, that's a you. Or, <laughs> like, you know, I've just been rocking for two hours. This next lot's yours. The baby's but, yours. Yeah. yeah. Like, it becomes a. <laughs> like, no kiss at the door. How was your day? Yeah. It's a, here's a baby. Here's a baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a shower. <laughs> See ya. Um, but yeah, it is. It's also yeah. that. And Very I think. Good relationships evolve um through that time as well like I know we've been through rough rough patches at times um but it's also understanding that it's part of the process you're not necessarily doing anything wrong um and being able to ride those waves together is pretty important I think I think it's also being open with your partner like acknowledging that you know yeah we are never going to be there the anymore like you know it's just not going to happen there is older, like the older children versions of couples and stuff too that you look like, you know, the relationship evolves over the years. Oh, yeah. So like I know even my relationship now with my husband with our mm. kids being out of that baby stage. Yeah. Different again. Because you can be. Yeah. Like it's like it's not, we're not doing anything magical to have no. reconnected or anything, but we can, there's just space. Yeah. There's space for us to be reconnected. Yeah. And um, But we're really proud of how we managed to stick together through really tough times at times with babies uh but anyway so this is sounds like we first babe big baptism of fire but Mm -hmm. actually relatively cruisy little dude yeah not that you knew it no she was like she was yeah cruisy cruisy kid four hour chunks woke fed um at the beginning she would take an hour and a half to breastfeed of a night time um, I got told that was normal, no issues, all the rest of it. I'd never actually experienced a letdown. So looking back now, I'm like, I can see where yeah. the feeding went sideways. Yeah. But I didn't know it at the time because everyone was like, oh, you've got heaps of milk. You look like you've got heaps of milk. Because oh, you can look this, like you have heaps right. of milk. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, like you guys must know what you're talking about because you guys are working in a hospital. So uh-huh. surely. If you're saying it. Yeah, but it wasn't what you were saying. No. Mm. And so, yeah, an hour and a half. So she'd be awake for two hours and then go back down for four. So but after having the 21-hour labour, I was just exhausted. So yeah. I just kept rolling into this lovely, messy. Exhaustion. Yeah. That never really resolved. Ah. So it, like, lasted <laughs> yeah. for months. And um, obviously Ross was seven and seven. He didn't have um, leave banked up because we were using leave for the boys at the time. So he had to go back to work uh, two, three days after she was born, after I came home. Yeah. First baby. Yeah. Ouch. And then my mum left the day after I came home from the hospital. So it was literally like a laboured, he's a baby. No recovery. Everyone's out. <laughs> oh, my gosh, Therese, far <laughs> from so ideal. That, yeah, so that's where our, like, I kind of went, what do I do with this little crying thing? thing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> And you were looking at each other like, I don't know what I'm doing, and she's looking at you going, I don't know what I'm doing either. So, <laughs> so we were like, okay, I was like, right, yeah, well, we're in this together, so let's just try and make this work. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I struggled a lot with her as a newborn and working through all that. And then as time went on, I kind of went, this is easy. <laughs> like, why was I so 
because it was really hard and like but just really you know like oh it should be this way should be this Mm. way should be this way I was like this is you were trying to keep up with the shoulds yeah and like people were always oh like you know you can do so much like oh we'll see you out all the time like you know who says that like Like, so many people were saying it to me they they must have been a long way out of having babies I'd say so they had to looking back I'm like you had no idea what you were saying (laughs) so and then now like having second bob I was like yeah okay like I know what to it's familiar comfortable with yeah and so then that's when I paid more attention to the feeding side of things and then I noticed when things were going a bit sideways and then we were able to pull it back on track and nice things like that so I was like no now I'm confident that is I was like I'm comfortable to go no like this is what I want so you went in did you like what what were you looking for and what did you try and change that helped so I I let go of the expectation of the shoulds and I was like you know what I just don't care anymore yeah like at the end of the day like we had a 16 month old who was thriving oh yeah by the way yes 16 months of life (laughs) just quietly yeah so she was thriving so she was thriving she was happy like always happy um she was very colicky as a baby as well but I think that was just a combination of like everything that was happening and now I'm like, oh, like is colic linked to your gut health? What am I looking for now mm. as you're getting older? Like, yep. you know, and things like that. So I think I just became a lot more comfortable to go. No, like I think I think we're good. Yeah. Like we've got a 16-month-old who's fairly chunky. Like we're pretty happy with that. Right. She's going. <laughs> she's fine. Yeah. So we're good. And then when it came to um, conversations around birthing, second bulb, I was like, no. I don't want to be in the hospital. I'm not comfortable in the hospital. I want to be at home. And so that's when they said, oh, you can do six-hour discharge. And I was like, perfect. Sign me up for that. I was like, if everything's all good and I don't actually need to be medical there. monitoring, yeah. I don't want it. And they were like, oh, okay. Are you are you sure? I was like, I'm fine. So when they discharge you, do you get like midwife support at home or how yeah. does that work? yeah. So I'm part of MGP, so um, midwife group practice. So I get a that my assigned midwife as such, um, and they've got an off partner for when they're not on. Then you get the alternate. So it works out well. Um, and she comes around and visits every week for the first six weeks after Bob's born. Beautiful. So, and for anyone listening along too, like it's not on offer everywhere, but it is something that's been a proven model for best outcomes for mums yeah. and babies is having an only wife. Relaxed, yeah. yeah, definitely. It's just a, it's a and I like, gave birth here too, but yeah. I managed to dodge that. They never had the group practice up and running when I had my babies. So I, I think they only just started it with um so all three of our kids will be through MGP. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Because they'd only I'm pretty sure they only just started it with our first. Mm. So what's that? That would be four years ago. Yeah. Pregnancy. They were talking about it. Mm. And I, they, I think there was a gap in staffing or something when I yeah. had my third baby because I remember yeah. like being so keen to access yeah. it, but I've only heard good things about it. It's it is a really true. great program. Yeah. So hopefully we're seeing more and more of that rolling out around mm. Australia and the world because um, it really is uh, an excellent model for the well-being of families. Yeah. So it's really worthwhile. So with your second love, I'm just mm-hmm. 
I'm wondering, how did it, like, did you approach or think you were going to handle it differently with her or, and how did it go? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously having first job, I was a little bit more prepared than no books and I can do whatever. It's fine. It, like, just ignore it. It'll work itself out. Um, and I had more of a, okay, like I'm just going to have to baby wear bulb a lot and this is what I'm going to do and this is how I'm going to manage having a toddler and a newborn and that's just that. Like it's going to be messy, it's going to be yucky and I was already preparing myself for messy and yucky as opposed to going, oh, it's just going to be like hey, they just pop in the cot. We just go sit in cafes. Yeah. <laughs> that's what you do on that, apparently. Yeah. So I was like, no, that is not real. You were, you knew the reality. So I was like, you knew it was going to be messy. Yeah. So I was more prepared. I was more relaxed or messy as opposed to it actually an expectation has to be. Don't you think, like I remember because I lowering expectations was actually mm. really great for my mental health. Oh, yeah. And I know for some people they say, you know, if you have low expectations, what else are you going to get? But for me it's like low expectations are realistic when you're talking babies and toddlers. Oh, yeah. So having low expectations, it kind of sets yeah. you up for feeling more like, ah, yes, like I knew it was going to be messy. Yep. I knew we'd have yucky days yep. and whatnot. <laughs> Very um, yeah. <laughs> but two under two, like what else is yeah. it going to be? Like exactly. it's a very challenging time. Exactly. And it doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. No. I would have comments made of, oh, you don't know what you're getting yourself into. <laughs> like two under two is really challenging. Oh, it's just, you know, it's horrible. You're going to look back and wish that you'd waited. And I was like, really thanks wow that's so helpful i was like that's cool, cool. but like the like, realistic not bit, yeah, you but... stopped and gone oh did you guys actually plan your second child to be two under two yeah <laughs> maybe you did kind of not really nah. like all three of our this one's the most planned yeah out of all three so we were like oh okay like that happened a lot quicker than what we thought yeah because like conceiving children i was told by a gp when i was about 19 would be very slim yeah right so yeah here you are yeah I was like well that worked out great for me mm. thanks thanks mate mm, I reckon <laughs> glad I didn't rely on that for contraception mm, absolutely um, <laughs> but like so that's a whole nother um ball game that one but yeah like having second bulb I went in with less expectation and more of a focus on do you know what like the first year is just messy mm. And eventually we'll get there and eventually you'll find a pattern and eventually, you know, it it will be fine. And then I had more of a focus for myself on those five minutes where both of them just might be sleeping. I was like, that's when I'm going to have my cup of tea. Yeah. Like that's Pick when I'm going to Yeah. Instead of worrying about putting on the washing and unstacking the dishwasher then, I'm doing it when they're awake. Yeah. Like, you know. Absolutely. And things like that. So I shifted my focus of what I wanted to achieve in those smaller pockets of time. Yeah. And I found that helped a lot more. Yeah. I managed a lot better with my second than with my first. And we had the teenager. He was then 12, turning 13, um, with us at the time. So, well, I'm just looking at our time and I reckon I'm going to need to hear more details about this (laughs) because I also do want to ask you about teen sleep as well because it's an interesting dynamic in the household. Do you mind if we do a second episode? That's fine. All right, well, we'll finish off this episode with what we've had. Do you have a tip that you'd like to give our listeners, something you would have loved to have heard when you were expecting your first love maybe? 
just embrace it let it go <laughs> like just let go of like you know you can read books and stuff but don't hold it as like your holy grail like there's no holy grail for any of it and you're not meeting anyone else's standards yeah. it's not not really their thing is it's, it it's your thing yeah and it's fitting it with you and what you're comfortable with and your babe isn't yeah. it like you you've yeah. got your own unique human yeah it's not anyone else's they don't know what you're dealing with nope so and you'll learn them they'll learn you and you just I don't know it's kind of like it's a journey and it's one like you know when you meet your partner do you just go straight to marriage like you know you kind of have to get to know each other that and that's essentially what you're doing falling in love exactly even if you're already in love you fall deeper and deeper and part of that is that familiarity and exactly and that's over time yeah absolutely your baby's not going to know you sleeping in a cot no it's very true i love that (laughs) that's there's a lot of connection to be had in that sleeping time as well yes well thank you so much for that that first episode Therese I'm absolutely loved chatting with you I'm hoping everyone enjoyed listening along and um taken a lot from that episode make sure you tune in next week to catch the second part of Therese's episode thanks for listening along I really hope you enjoyed the podcast today the information we discussed was just that information only it is not specific advice If you take any action following something you've heard from our show today, it is important to make sure you get professional advice about your unique situation before you proceed, whether that advice be legal, financial, accounting, medical, or any other advice. Please reach out to me if you do have any questions or if there's a topic you'd really like us to be covering. And if you know somebody who'd really benefit from listening to our podcast, please be sure to pass our name along. Also check out our free peer support group, the Beyond Sleep Training Project and our wonderful website, www.littlesparklers.org. If you'd like even more from the show, you can join us as a patron on Patreon and you can find a link for that in our show notes. If listening is not really your jam, we also make sure we put full episode transcripts on our Little Sparklers website for you to also enjoy and fully captioned YouTube videos as well on our Little Sparklers channel. So thanks again for listening today. We really enjoy bringing this podcast to you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.